And I know one of the things about Apostle Maldonado and their church is this. They pray strong. They, they, their whole church is filled with prayer. When I was at the conference, uh, you know, they had a, we had a, a long conference, and then the, the conference finished on a Sunday. But then on Monday, they started up their prayer meeting. And uh, the prayer meeting went for three hours. And it happens on every Monday night. They go for three hours, and th- thousands of people turn out for it. And this is one of the main reasons why they have, uh, I, I believe, that they have a, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit so strong. is because they're committed to pray. And there's something about the atmosphere of heaven, uh, over, especially over New Zealand. People tend to be very passive. And it's not until people actually commit to prayer, to commit to saying, no, I'm not satisfied with the, the dimension of heaven where we are right now. I'm going to commit to prayer and push it open and, and open up to a whole new level. It just doesn't open automatically. It happens where people commit to strong prayer, commit to opening up the heavens over their lives. And uh, anyway, you come along, it's going to be fantastic. We've got a great speaker here this morning, and uh, before I introduce him, I really, really just want to acknowledge Bryden and, of course, Sharon as well. Bryden uh, and, uh, I know Andy's not here right now, but Andy Mason, um, have really done a great job with uh, practically supporting uh, John, and they've gone over there a, a number of times, and they've helped him uh, in areas of microfinance and uh, helping, helping manage the orphan program and I've been over there preaching, and also been a friend to John. So really want to just thank you and honor you guys this morning for, for the work that you've done over so many years, just to help, uh, to help Pastor John and help what he's been able to do. You guys have done a fantastic job, so good on you. Fantastic. Well done. And, uh, of course, John, welcome to New Zealand. Great to have you here, and we're just so uh, proud of you. We're so proud of uh, the opportunity to be able to stand with you and to be able to have support, stand with you over the years, and now to see what God has done in your life and what God has built in your life and, and, and how God has used you. The amount of orphans that you look after, the amount of people that you reach out to, the, the, the sacrifice that you've, that you've made, the, the, um, the price that you've paid to reach out and to bring the hope of Jesus Christ into your nation it's just remarkable, and you know, I've lived in a third world country, I've lived in a developing nation, and I understand the, the risks, I understand the pressures, and uh, really just want to commend you for that. We know that this morning, that you're a great man of God, and, and God has put a, a word in your heart for, uh, for us this morning, and uh, so we do receive you as a, as a friend and as a brother, we receive you as a man of God to come and to, and to bring the word of God to us this morning. Church, why don't you just stand up at your feet, welcome this morning, Pastor John Wondera, come on. A little bit of T.G. Jakes there for you. <laughs> Thank you. Good morning, church. You know, I'm so excited to be back home. Bay City is home for me. And uh, I tell you what, I am what I am because of Bay City. You, you don't know what you planted in me, but Uganda knows what Bay City planted in me. And every day, I tell them about Bay City. I tell them about Pastor Mike Connor. I treat Pastor Mike as my spiritual father. And uh, because the words that he spoke into my life many years ago, those are the words that has have kept me going until today. And 
my wife and I just love him, pray for him, and we are proud of him. And we are proud to be part of Bay City. Even if we are in Uganda, we are part of Bay City. I bring love and greetings my, from my wife, Jessica. Some of you remember her. We were, we were here 10 years ago. Uh, visiting Bay City and just enjoying the life and the feeling of Bay City. So she sent her love and regards and blessings to you all. I also bring love and greetings to my 25 children in my house. <laughs> because the Bible says with, all, with God all things are possible. So we can have as many kids as we can. Yeah, so we thank God for that. Well, uh, this morning, uh, I am going to share and bring out the word of God. And on, on, on Wednesday, that's where I will be sharing what the Lord has done or is doing through us in Uganda. I, I'm just blessed, uh, Pastor David, to be back home again. And thanks, David, for having me here. And Brydon for keeping everything, keeping me, uh, uh, keeping in touch with me, and all the elders and uh, everybody, brothers and sisters, thank you very much once again. Well, God has laid a uh, word on my heart that I feel like sharing with us this morning, and I have uh, named it "Time to Move On." Time to move on. Again, I say, time to move on. Remember, I'm an African, and I'm going to preach like an African. Okay? So, so you'll bear with me, and you'll just have to follow me, and you just have to run with me and fly with me back to Africa in the name of Jesus. And by the end of it all, we will be one. Time to move on. And I'm picking this from the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 21, from verse 1 to 14. This is a long passage, but I want to encourage us to read it. Because out of it, we are going to scoop some gold. There is gold hidden in this scripture that the Lord wants to unveil to us this morning and to encourage us, to bless us, to challenge us, and to keep us going. So if you don't mind, please open with me the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 21, from verse 1. To verse, 20, 20, verse 14. And I am going to read my Bible. This is King James, New Kingdom's version. But if uh, we have scriptures here, oh, thank you very much. And the Bible says, Now there was a famine in the days of David for three years, year after year. I don't mean David, Pastor David, but this is a different David. And David inquired of the Lord. And the Lord answered, it is because of Saul. And his bloodthirsty house. Because he killed the Gibeonites. So the king called the Gibeonites and spoke to them. Now the Gibeonites were not of the children of Israel. But of the remnant of the Amorites. And the children of Israel had sown protection to them. But Saul had sought to kill them in his zeal for the children of Israel and Judah. 
Therefore David said to Gibeonites, What shall I do to you? And with what shall I make atonement that you may bless the inheritance of the Lord? And the Gibeonites said to him, We will have no silver or gold from Saul or from his, his house. Nor shall you kill any man in Israel for us. So he said, Whatever you say, I will do to you. Verse 5. Then they answered the king, As for the man who consumed us and plotted against us, that we should be destroyed from remaining in any of the territories of Israel, let seven men of his descendants be delivered to us, and we will hang them before the Lord. Hmm. In Gibeah of Saul, whom the Lord chose. And the king said, I will give them. But the king spared Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, because of the Lord's oath that was between them, between David and Jonathan, the son of Saul. Now listen, this is where I'm going now to be based a little bit from verse 8. So the king took Ammon and Mephibosheth. Those are the two sons of Rizipah and the daughter of Aya, whom she bore to Saul. And the five sons of Michal, or Michael, or Michal, the daughter of Saul, whom she brought up for Adriel, the son of Basilai, the Meholathite. Verse 9, and he delivered them in the hands of the Gibeonites. They hung them on the hill before the Lord. So they fell on, so they, so they fell all, the seven together. And we are put to death in the days of the harvest. In the first days, in the beginning of the barley harvest. Verse 10. Now Rizipah. Now Rizipah, the daughter of Aya, took sackcloth or, or rags and spread it for, he, for herself on the rock from the beginning of the harvest and, until the late rains poured on them from heaven. And she did not allow the birds of the air rest on them by day, nor the beasts of the field by night. And David was told what Rizpah, the daughter of Aya, the concubine of Saul, had done. Then David went and took the bones of Saul and the bones of Jonathan, his son, from the men of Jebesh Gilead, who, who had stolen them from the street of, of Bensham, where the Philistines had hanged them after the Philistines had struck the, down Saul in Gibeah. So he brought upon the bones of Saul and the bones of Jonathan, his son, from there, and they gathered the bones of the seven. Those who had been hanged, they buried the bones of Saul and Jonathan, his son, in the country of Benjamin, in Zillah, in the tomb of Kish, his father. So therefore, so there, so they performed all that the king had commanded. After that, hmm, I love that. After that, God heeded the prayer for the land. Friends, 
This story touches my heart and my life. I know you have read this story time and again, but can you just open up your heart today that the Lord can speak to you in a different way? Just open up your heart. Open up your heart and open up your spirit ready to receive. Because I believe the Lord has sent me here to encourage us, to bless us, to inspire us, and to get, get, get us going. You know the story very well. The Bible says, and there was a famine. This was unusual. The famine had never been in Israel before. Three consecutive years, non-stop. It is just like the famine that is happening in Uganda at the moment. Because of the nine months drought that Uganda has been facing. There is severe famine at the moment that the people are hunting for mice. They are hunting for rats to eat. People are breaking termite mounds to pick the termites to eat as food. Because of the famine. This is exactly the same as happened the days of David. Three consecutive years. And David got concerned. And he said, no, there must be something wrong. Some, there must be something amiss in here. Let me go inquire from the Lord. The Bible says, David went and inquired from the Lord. And the Lord told him, no, the problem is Saul. Because he broke the covenant. There was a covenant, there was a, 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 a treaty that had been signed between the Gibeonites and the Israelites. But because Saul was bloodthirsty, he went ahead because he was jealous of Israel, jealous of David. He went ahead and killed the Gibeonites. And so God brought a curse upon Israel by sending or allowing famine. Remember, I'm sharing about time to move on. And the Bible says, you, we read all the story. You saw what happened. And the Gibeonites asked and they said, we are asking for seven men out of the, the descendants of Saul to be hanged. And that is exactly what happened. They brought seven of them. Now, I'm going to dwell on verse 8 to 10 at the moment, expound it a little bit, and then we build on that, and we see what the Lord wants to take us this direction this morning. The Bible says, they went and picked the children of two ladies. One lady is called Rizipa. Another lady is called Michael or Mitchell. This Mitchell was a wife to David, but Mitchell had issues, many issues around her. Remember in the very beginning, Mitchell, when David fought the, the uh, Goliath, Saul promised to give Mitchell to David. But instead of giving her to David, he turned and gave her to Adriel. So it pained David and said, oh my goodness me. And later, David had to pay a steep price to win Mitchell back to himself. What did he do? He went and killed the Philistines. And he chopped off the foreskin and brought them to, to, to Saul. And he said, I am paying back my wife Mitchell from Adriel. By that time, Mitchell had given birth to five sons for, to Adriel. So 
David, I mean, won back uh, uh, Mitchell, uh, the wife, uh, his, his wife, back to himself. After a little while, I'm just sharing about the, 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 the issues that were around and about Mitchell. After a little while, when David fell apart with Saul, Saul again grabbed Mitchell from him and gave her to another man. So it was a lot of story around Mitchell. Later again, uh, David warned her back to herself. Now, at this point, Mitchell is in the palace. At this point, Mitchell is in the house of David. At this point, Mitchell is enjoying the pleasures of the palace. Now, let's look at Rispa. Rispa. The Bible says she was a concubine. She was a concubine of Saul. That means she was not the authentic wife. She wasn't the authentic wife. She was a concubine. Rispa had six issues around her. Please church, listen to me. Because I believe God wants to speak to us this morning. Rispa had six issues around her. Number one, she was a concubine. That means she had no say, she had no voice, and she could, she could, she could take no inheritance from her husband. Number two, Rispa, Rispa's husband, who is Saul, had murdered the, the Gibeonites. So she was like a wife to the murderer. That was issue number two. That was around about Rispa. Number three, Rispa herself had committed a sin of immorality with Abner, who was one of the, 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 the high-ranking officers in the army of Saul. So, so Rispa was again an immoral lady. She was a concubine. Her husband was a murderer. Here she is again. She has committed adultery, uh, immorality with Abner. Number four, now she was a widow because Saul had been killed. So she was widowed. Now she had again another issue around her. She was a widow whereby she could not be accepted anywhere. And nobody would be willing to marry her because she was a widow. Issue number five, now Rispa is childless. Her sons, the only two sons have been killed. So, the, the, her sons were her hope. Her sons were her future. Her sons were her life. But now the sons have been killed. Now, Rispa is hopeless. Rispa is lifeless. Rispa has no destiny. Rispa has no say in the king because she's a concubine. Issue number six is famine. Now, issue number six is, is famine. Now there is famine, and remember, she is a widow. Friends, we all have issues around us. And as I speak right now, you might be having issues. All these issues were around and about Rispa. She could go nowhere. Wherever she could step, take a step, the issue ahead of her slaps her by face. Come on, go back. You are just a concubine, you will amount to nothing. Whenever she takes this direction, oh, 
come on. Remember you committed immorality with Abner. Where are you going? You will amount to nothing. Whenever she turned going this way, she said, oh, come on. There is famine in the land. You will go nowhere. You are just a mere widow. So Rispa kept in the same box. She was amounting to nothing. Amounting to nothing. Friends, I am here to say it is a time for us to move on. The Bible says, after hanging the sons, after hanging her two sons, Rispa thought that maybe Mitchell, because Mitchell had a say. Mitchell was in the house of David. Mitchell had a say to speak to her husband by saying, come on, let us go and bury these, these children. Mitchell had a say, had a voice. But instead, Mitchell zipped up her mouth because she was enjoying the pleasures of the, of the palace. She zipped up her mouth. She never said anything. And yet it was formerly, it was very, very bad to leave somebody hanging, hanging on, on the hill until evening. They were forsaken. Nobody cared about them. Nobody minded. Nobody helped to bury them. And the Rispus looked at where she was. She looked at the box where she was. She said, okay now, Mitchell would have helped me. Mitchell, because it is her children, five of them, her sons, who had been killed. Mitchell had lost most of her children. The biggest number compared to who? Compared to, 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 to Rispa. But she never cared. Why? Because she was enjoying the pleasures in the king's palace. Out of all these, I thank God for Rispa. I thank God for Rispa. When Rispa saw that there is nobody going up in the hill to get hold of these bodies to bury them. When she saw that Mitchell is silent. When she saw that even uh, David is silent, nobody is minding about the dead bodies. <laughs> Mitchell said, no way. Excuse me. It is now time for me to move on. She said, I will not look at what is around me. She said, I will not be stopped by the issues around me. She said, I will not be stopped. He, she said, it is time to move on. I will step out of the box. I will do the undoable. I will be unstoppable. I will be invisible. I will change things. I want to become a history maker. I want to do something that will shock the whole of Israel. That was Rispa, the concubine. You might be having issues around you, brother. You might be having issues around you, my sister. But it is time for you to move on. If you don't move on, you'll amount to nothing. If you don't move on, then nobody will read about you. If you don't move on, then nobody will celebrate you. If you don't move on, nobody will read your history. I say time to move on, church. Time to move on, Bay City. Bay City, this is our time to move on. This is our time. Let us learn something from Rispa. And let us not be confined in the box. The box will kill you. 
The box will kill your vision. The box will kill your passion. The box will kill your destiny. Don't be confined in your box. I say again, it is time for us to move on. Regardless of where you come from, regardless of how you look like, regardless of whether you are from Africa, regardless whether you are from New Zealand, regardless whether you, are, you have no money, regardless whether you have all the monies, I say you can break out of the box and make things happen. Regardless of the age, regardless of the gender, regardless of how people look at you, people might look at you and undermine you, People might look at you and say there's nothing good that will come out of you. But you know yourself. Come on, brothers, sisters. Step out of the box. I say step out of the box. I say again, step out of the box. Time is now. Time is now for us to step out. For us to move on. Time is now that heaven is open to release the supernatural power. Time is now that the gifts are here. Time is now for signs, wonders, and miracles. Time is now for Rispa to emerge from nowhere. Rispa emerged from nowhere. She emerged from nowhere. She had never been known, though they knew her, but she was nothing. Oh, okay, sorry. I'm, I have to use this. I'll keep remembering that. Okay, I, I don't want to use my Ugandan handkerchief. I better use the New Zealand handkerchief. This is, this is, actually, this is even much better. It does a great job. Thank you. Maybe I might even take this with me home. You never know. <laughs> Thank you. So I'm saying, Rizba was nothing, a concubine. But she did something extraordinary. Brothers, and sisters, what are the issues around you about you? What are the issues around about you? Can you make your, your way out of the box? Make your way out of the box. You know what she did? When she saw that there's nobody, nobody going to rescue the dead bodies, she stepped out. She said, okay, I am here. Micho is quiet. Micho is doing nothing. Micho is not caring. Micho is enjoying the palace. I am stepping out. Out of the issues. And the Bible says she carried her rags. She carried her sackcloth. <laughs> Don't undermine the sackcloth. The rags that you might be having. You might look at something you have and you call it a rag. And you call it a sackcloth. That is what Rispa used. Rispa took her sackcloth. She never took even her car. She never took a bed. She never took a mattress. She took a sackcloth. And that is the sackcloth that she spread on the rocks for herself. Oh my goodness me. I am looking forward to getting to heaven. And I will ask Jesus Christ, come on, can you introduce me to Rispa? Then I will go to Rispa. I will kneel before Rispa. Like a Ugandan. I will kneel before Rispa. And I will say, Rispa, you inspired my life. 
Rispa, you challenged my life. Rispa, you moved out of the box. Rispa, you made history. We are called to become history makers. And that is why we are here. When God calls you, he brings you into his house. He works on you. He prepares you to jump out of your box so that you can become a history maker. I want to share with you this picture, this photo. The photo of our old church. Just, just, look, uh, just look, up, look here. Look. Look. I know some of you have been to Uganda. Some of you haven't been to Uganda. Some of you know about Uganda. But I love always to be on my move. I don't want to be bound in one, one area. That is my heart. I don't care who is with me or who is not with me. Because the Lord met me as a person. He called him as a person to make a difference. He called him as a person to step out of the box. He called him as a person to make history. He called him as a person. Look, listen. This has been our, our church. It has been our church building. For the last, how many years? Maybe the last, uh, I should say, eight years. But I never said, I never said to myself that we shall remain in this situation. I never say that. I always kept telling the church, church, we are going to build a church. We are going to build a good looking church. We are going to build, we are going to build. And they were not even understanding what I was saying. God is looking and waiting for you to step a step. God is waiting for you to act. God is waiting for you to move. Come on. Move from today. Move from the box where you have been. Move out of the issues. Now, listen. Now look at picture number two. Look. Look at that. Imagine. I want you to imagine. If I had not been with a heart and a desire like Rispa of moving out of the box, this would not be there. This is there because, why? Because always I want to move on. I just want to move on. And the, and the church has grown from the time Brydon was there at the moment, we are approaching 7,000 people in the church. I mean, I beg your pardon. I beg your pardon. 700 in the church. The church is growing. Why? I must move on. Whether I have money or I don't have money. Whether I have somebody or I don't have somebody. I have the big God. Best city, we have the bigger God. Let us move on and possess the land. Time to move on. Time to jump out of the boxes. Leave them behind. Forsake all the boxes. Jump out of them. And they say, come on, I will not be bound by the boxes. I am somebody so special. 
time for you to jump out. Leave your boxes behind. Leave your issues behind. Leave your grief behind. Leave your poverty behind. And do something extraordinary for the kingdom of God. Will you move on? Will you jump out of your box? What is that box that is binding you? Will you jump out of it? Do you want to be like Mitchell? Are you contented with where you are? Mitchell, five of her sons had been killed, but she never took any step. But look at Rispa. Only two of her sons, she took a, a wonderful step. Listen, brothers and sisters. With her rags, with her sackcloth, she laid them on the rocks. The Bible says, from the beginning of the harvest, that was around the month of April, to the end or the beginning of the later rain, that was the month of October. Six months, Rispa is on her sackcloth. Out there, on the mountain, on the rocks. The Bible even said, Rispa did not allow the birds of the air during the day to come and touch the corpses. She defended the corpses during day from the birds. She defended the corpses during night from the beast of the air, the beast of the field. Oh my goodness, man. Wow. What a wonderful lady. Risking her life at night. Rispa, Rispa left her house and she made her abode on the rocks in the mountain protecting the corpses that will never say thank you. Imagine. Rispa endured many things. Listen, number one. Rispa took a bold step. She took a bold step. What do I mean by this? It all begins with you. It all begins with you. It does not begin with anybody else. It all begins with you. Rispa was by herself, left by herself alone. But she said, even if I am left by myself, I will initiate something. Church, let us initiate a move of God that will, spread, that will transform the whole world. My heart in Uganda. My heart in Uganda now. I'm asking God to give me the city, to give me Mbale city. I'm asking God for the nation. I'm asking God for the whole Uganda. Why? I'm stepping out. I don't look at man. I don't look at anybody. I know. I serve the sovereign God. Will you step out? Look at Rispa for six months. She's on the rocks lying there. The birds come and uh, during the day, she chases them. At night, she's not sleeping. Because all the beasts of the air, they want to come and feed on the bodies. It all begins with you. If you decide to begin a new move, then God moves with you. I repeat this. 
You decide to make a goal, then God goes with you. You decide to make a step, then God says, I am behind you, son, my daughter. Why? Because you are taking a step of faith. It's time for us to move on. It's time for Best City to possess New Zealand. It's time for us to move on. Regardless of what, whether the devil likes it or not, the church of Jesus Christ must move on. We must move on. We must possess the cities. We must possess the ground. We must, we must, I say again, we must. Time to move on. It all begins with you. Number two, she left her house or her tent. She took her rags or her sackcloth all day, all night for six months. She worked for the birds during day. She worked for the beasts, wild animals by night. Never slept until the bodies were decayed. Until the bodies were decayed. Friends, in Uganda, we don't cremate. Is it cremate? In Uganda, we don't cremate. In Uganda, we bury, we bury bodies. But I know some of you have never, have never, have never uh, been where a body is decaying. But a decaying body smells nasty. Nasty that you can't even bear for one second. I want you to imagine Rispa. She's on the rocks by herself. She's watching the bodies. The bodies are decaying one by one. The flesh falling off. The birds want to come and eat. The animals want to come and eat. But Rispa says, no. I am here to protect these bodies. Imagine, let's have an imagination, brother. Oh my goodness, man. She endured the nasty smell of these bodies for six months. Enduring that. Everybody forgot her from home. Everybody was asking, where is, where is, where is Rizipa? Rizipa was nowhere to be seen. Endured the nasty smell. She was doing this to the dead bodies. She never expected a pay or an applause. She never expected a pay. She said, I must move on. I'm not expecting a pay. I'm not expecting an applause for, from David. I must move on. Brothers, will you move on regardless of what is happening around you? And when she did this, Pastor David, she opened the eyes of the king. The king had thought that these people have, have been sacrificed an atonement for what Saul had done. She never, he never knew that he was to, to bring them down and bury them well. It is Rispa who opened the eyes of the king to see the unseen. Did you know that you can open somebody's eyes to see the unseen? Did you know that you can open the king's eyes to see the unseen? Why? If you only had an intention of stepping out and moving on. 
Step out and move on, church. Youths, step out and move on. Listen to this. As as almost close. She caused the bones to be gathered and buried properly. Look at this widow. She caused the bones to be gathered and buried properly. Rispa, the widow, the concubine. Rispa, it's time to move on. I say again, it's time to move on. What are the issues around you today? Do you want to be like a Rispa or you want to be a Mitchell? Do you want to move on or you want to be confined in one place? Do you want to make a change and a difference in the world? Or you don't want people to know what you have? It's time for the church of Jesus Christ to move on. What are the issues around you? What are the issues around you? Today is your day for you to change. Today is your day for you to surrender them to Jesus Christ. And they say, Lord Jesus, I want to move on. I want to make an impact in this world. Come on, step out and let's move on. There are dead bodies waiting for us. There's somebody waiting for you outside your box. Whom you will, your light will shine to. There's somebody out there. The bodies needed somebody to protect them. People are dying in sin. People are dying in sin. Let's step out. Let's move out. Let's move on. Forget about the indifferences. Forget about the past hearts. Push them behind. Move on in the name of Jesus Christ. For time is now for the church to make a difference. As I plan to invite Pastor David, will you move on? Will you kick behind the issues around you? Will you kick those issues behind you and leave them behind and say, "Me, no, I'm going, even if by myself, I'm going to make a difference. Somebody's waiting for you. New Zealand is waiting for you. The whole world, Africa, is waiting for you. It's time for us to arise. Think about this. Regardless of what is around you. I will move on in your in Uganda. I will move on. Pastor David, I just want to have you up here. Time for you and I to move on. I'm repeating this on and on because it's on my heart. Nothing will happen unless you move on. Nothing. You'll remain like a Mitchell. God wants to raise up the Rizipas. Rizipas. Time to move on. I will move on. Will you move on is my question as I, as I stepped out. Will you move on? How many say, Lord, I will move on? How many of you say, Lord, I will move on? I will move on. And do the impossible for the kingdom of God. 
Let's pray. Lord in heaven, as I kneel before you, O oh Lord, today, God, this is the word that you, you gave me to share with Bay City today. Because God, you are guiding them and leading their steps. Lord. And Father, as I kneel before you, Lord, the word said it's time to move on. And God, I just want to th say thank you for everybody who came today. And may this word burn in their hearts, O oh Lord. And may the Holy Spirit burn this word in their lives. And help them, O oh Father, to kick behind all the issues that are, are, are keeping them behind. And to move on to rescue somebody. Father, I'm praying for the church. I'm praying for the pastors. I'm praying for Pastor David and Kate. I'm praying for Pastor Mike Kono. Lord, use Bay City to step out. Move on. Make an impact in this region and beyond the region. I release your anointing. I release your grace, special grace. I release favor upon this church. I release special favor and grace, O oh Lord, upon the pastors. I release fresh anointing, fresh power, fresh revelation. I release the overflow of the Holy Ghost. I release fruitfulness, O oh Lord. I release increase in the name of Jesus. I release increase in the name of the Lord. Let this church flourish and increase and possess the land. Because they're stepping out. I thank you. I honor you, Lord. In Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Thank you, John. Why don't you just uh, give John a big up. Big round of applause this morning. Come on, big one. Let's go, man. Thank you, John, for your, your word this morning. We love you and look forward to the great things ahead. Awesome, bro. Fantastic. I really want to just... Um, that was just a really powerful word. I believe it was a word of God and season for us. And uh, one of the things I have in my heart is, uh, you can see in the little thing there, it says moving forward. And uh, one, of the, one, of, uh, one of the things I felt God's placed in my heart is the, the amount, or the, the degree in which people still live in captivity. And uh, even in church, people live in captivity in their mind and the way they think and the way that they live. Captivity's not always a bad thing. Uh, it's not always a painful place, but it's also a it is a place of captivity. Nonetheless, I will be speaking into it shortly. But uh, I really want to encourage you today is that God is calling us all into moving forward out of the, the, the realms of confinement that we place ourselves in or that have been placed in around us. And uh, some of the things that we're believing for right now, we're, we're about to launch uh, House of Hope. And uh, it's going to be a, it's an out-of-the-box uh, situation where we'll have a, a place right in the middle of town where we bring the hope of Jesus Christ into people. We're also believing right now to, uh, I, I know without a, a shadow of a doubt, this place is too small for us. And uh, so I've had a couple of couple of looks, and I'm, but I'm believing that God will open up for us land so that we can expand uh, what He has for us to do. I am believing for schools. I am believing to... to for a primary school, I'm believing to expand and, and, and to grow. Uh, really, first and foremost, is to make the name of Jesus great. But also, part of that also is to bring real hope to people and to build people's lives. That's what it's about. And uh, what it, where it starts from is every one of us making a decision to uh, come into alignment, but also step out of the box at the same time. Step out of whatever thinking is confining you, whatever things are on your 
baggages on your past or whatever, just let it go and just start to move forward. You'll never, you'll never move forward if you're continuing to dwell about what's, what's happened or what should have happened in the past. Or it's, it's no good for you. Set your eyes forward and start to move forward. Heavenly Father, thank you for every one of these people here this morning. I thank you for your family here today. Lord, I just thank you for your word that has been spoken to our lives. Today, Lord, we receive your word into our lives today. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would show us if there are past parts of our lives that we are still going around in a circle or still hooked up, maybe hooked up on the things of the past. Give us the courage and the strength, Lord, I pray, to step out of the boat this morning, to step out and to, uh, and to shift whatever drought is happening in, in the world around us today. Father, I just release your power over people's lives this morning. Father, I pray right now for those that are in a place of discouragement, your presence would just touch them right now in Jesus' name, that they would respond to your presence right now. Father, we just thank you for your, the, the wonderful uh, purposes that you have for us as a church. Thank you today for a fresh wave of your Holy Spirit moving upon us right now. Today, Lord, we make a decision to respond, to forget what's happened in the past, to respond to you today as you lift us up into greater and bigger things. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said? Come on, all God's people said? All right, let's worship him one more time. Come on, church, let's praise him. He's worthy, amen. He is amazing, God. Jesus, Lord, we thank you for all that you have in store for us. Lord, that you would arise and alive in 